0: Welcome back to the Running Circles Podcast. I'm your host Zach Hamilton and I am joined by Ahmed Mohammed. Ahmed is a pro runner for Hoka's Northern Arizona Elite and most recently qualified for the World Cross Country Championships by placing third in the senior race in Richmond, Virginia. He started off his college career at Boise State and later on ran at FSU. After graduating college, he got a job as an assistant coach for FSU, as well as another part-time job. At first, he thought he might not be able to compete at a high-level running outside of college, but eventually he decided to go all-in. He quit his job and moved to Flagstaff, Arizona. In this episode, we discuss the difference between confidence and self-belief, the leap of faith he took when he quit his job, his passion for writing, and more. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Ahmed Mohammed. So just to start it off, I wanted to read a little bit of one of your posts from Instagram. This is a post from after the 5,000 of the US championships. So part of what you wrote was believing in oneself is the first step to achieving anything worth celebrating, but then comes the sacrifices, the risks, the ego checking, humbling situations one must put themselves through. After that comes the hardest pill to swallow, the uncertainty that lies ahead of it all, the uncertainty uncertainty that all of it will be worth it. But then where's the fun in knowing the future? So can you kind of speak on that statement and just believing in yourself as you talked there, talked about there?
1: Yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't know it was so poetic when, when other people read, <laughs> but um, that was, that, that felt deep. Uh, Yeah, man, I, uh, you know, I just come from a place of, of, you know, a lot of um, new experiences uh, in life and, and coming to the States at the age of 13 uh, with very little English, it just it was always kind of like a new uh, journey new part new you know section a little scene and 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 so um, this last three years since I've traveled you know transferred from Florida State I mean from Boise to Florida um, it, the Florida state it it there was a lot of um, growth but at the same time there was a lot of um, questioning that had to be answered and and part of that for me was knowing Um, or learning it may be the hard way how to make sure that i'm taming my ego Uh, anytime i have a good race or or something all the things are clicking a lot of points are coming together that i make sure that i don't you know that i keep i keep my feet on the ground um because you'll be on a top today and then tomorrow it's like might go down and so that's something that i've experienced personally i had to you know maintain and manage two different jobs at a time sometimes to try to continue this dream of running um but there was a time when my my coach at florida state uh brayman was like hey man you can work for the rest of your life but you might not you might not be able to run at the level you are running at for the rest of your life which is a fact and a truth that i had to kind of accept so the self-belief comes from this place of i feel like a little bit of stubbornness uh, accompanied with um the the need and the urge for success and so in running which is a sport i love you can work hard and 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 showcase that hard work uh but then it's not always guaranteed so um the place that that was coming from was taking a risk being able to just say, Hey, I believe in me and I believe what's to come. But at the same time, um, it could, that what's to come is not certain. Uh, but that's the fun part. And that's where, where I really kind of came with that statement of, of it being fun. Like that is, I feel like if we all knew how life's gonna turn out, if we all knew where we're gonna uh, be in five years time, then it's just like, it almost kind of beats the purpose of, of you know, trying new things, doing new things, aiming for higher goals, because it's just like, I know what I'm going to be in five years. So why do I need to even bother, you know, so I love the fun and the uncertainty. And that is something that I've personally accepted.
0: Do you feel like there is a certain point where you became more confident in yourself?
1: Man, I feel like, I feel like I'm not even confident all the way right now. <laughs> but I think, I think there is a difference between confidence and self-belief to me, at least. Confidence fluctuates. Confidence can literally be gained from the smallest things. Like you can go have a really great killer of a session and you're like confident now. You're ready to run hard race well. Um and it fluctuates. And then you go into a race, that's exactly what happened to me. I was training really well, but I was working forty hours a week, one hour drive each direction, and eventually the body was just tired. But my confidence was still, you know, at a decent level. Um eventually what happened though that I realized was because only confidence alone can get you there. You have to get a lot of these other things back in it. Part of that being like, you know, physical recovery, mental recovery, all of those things. Um, whereas the self-belief never died. And so I have a really high self-belief, but sometimes my confidence and my self-belief they're, they're at completely two different levels, depending on the day. I went into this race in, um, I think it was the 27th of May, um, LA, uh, Grand Prix and, I ended up running pretty, it was, it was a rough race. And so my confidence was at an all-time low. I remember I was going into the breeze. I was like, huh, this can be a good one. And and then I headed to the hotel room by myself, you know, and uh, and that was the travel experience itself for that whole, you know, year and a half of, of, of you know, competing uh, without a sponsorship and without a team. Um, I was traveling a lot by myself. But anyways, I went back to my room and, it felt like everything that I was working for the last year, year and a half, just you know, went down, and um, and my confidence was at all time low. But my self belief was still there enough, at least, to say I'm gonna quit my job and try to see how good I can be in this running thing and commit everything to it. Used all my saving to move out to Flagstaff, and I'm very grateful for Noor who welcomed me to his, his you know little circle, uh, and I was able to train with Woody and him and and just stay in uh, my my buddy Casey's room and alternate between him and his roommates and it was just uh, a lot of um a lot of you know risks being taken but but the confidence to this day it's like this this morning i had a rough workout uh the second half at least the first half was really good the second half was like i was like okay now my confidence is not at a great high but this past weekend, I had a good race, uh, the U.S. Cross Champs. Confidence was all high, I personally at all time high going into that race. But now it's like, eh, okay, we'll get there. But my self belief, I think that's 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 where the key is, and I have that, and I know that will get me very far because confidence can fluctuate all at once. But my self belief will always be there, hopefully
0: is writing something you've always taken interest in i was when i was preparing for the podcast i was kind of looking through your instagram and i think one of your first posts was like a poem and it was super poetic and then like that caption i read and i feel like you're always like writing motivational stuff and it's just like it's so good so do you feel like that's something you have a high interest in and did you do stuff with that in college at all
1: um thank you for asking that's a really good question i started running um april of 2013 so um, almost 11 years ago now. Um, it, running before that, I was a soccer player and I enjoyed soccer. I played a little bit of free speed for fun. Um, but the poetry comes from a place of, you know, I I am not great at it. Um, and it's not something that I, you know, take full pride in. It's just something that and I. If I try to sit down today and try to write, I might not be able to write anything. I, I don't have the skill to write poetry, but a lot of times it comes to me in a, I have to have, I have to be in a certain type of emotion to be able to write. And and I think a lot of those times I like sometimes will write and I have a lot in my notes and I will look back and I'm like, how did I do, how did I get those words together? Like, how did I come up with that? You know? And so uh, poetry kind of for me comes from my uh, family background and I guess you can say ethnicity as well. Um, my uh, my culture in Somali we 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 just have the spoken word language or spoken words uh, has always been big part of my culture and there is you know my grandmother taught me a lot of these and um, you know in the 1930s you know she grew up uh, in, in in the area I'm from um, she told me stories of you know. Uh, men and women who are literally communicating through poetry it's no longer just like you and me right now interacting with questions and answers and you know just the regular interactions it was deeper than that it it, the, the words carried more meaning and it had to be placed in certain parts of the phrase and you know just rhyming and very rhythmic and and beautifully said Now, it wasn't written, majority of it wasn't written, which is why the spoken language part is is very important and critical. I personally um, enjoy deep talks and I enjoy deep uh, writing deep stuff, you know, but um, I have to be in the mood for it a lot of times um, or I have to find the right people. You know in in a circle to be able to have those interactions i I study international affairs, so it's actually not related <laughs> to poetry or running um it's more of world politics and and global problems that we're dealing with around the world and um but i even with that, you know, I love the idea and I admire poet poets I admire those individuals I admire authors, I admire people who have the ability to put a you know their thoughts into. You know writing I think in, in a more meaningful way ways that you know you can't just easily just pronounce or say it has to come from a point of like deeper like within um so poetry is something I really love um every now and then if, if I'm heartbroken or 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 hurt or, or depressed or sad or something's going on in my life I'll I'll get even like special midnights and I'll write and and then I look back at my notes and I'm like, man, I was going through it, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But I see it as a healing, too, to a degree. I personally, I've had a couple of occasions where I've written a poem and I, like, recorded it into a video and posted it. I have another uh, a social media account, by the way, that nobody really knows about. But I posted it there and being able to put it out like that, it gave me a lot more power. And I started feeling the peace that comes from being able to express uh, the emotions within I know that's a very long answer, but yeah,
0: (laughs) no, yeah, you're good. I love that answer, but with the poetry and kind of like you were saying, there, expressing like the different emotions and feelings. Do you feel like that elevates your running in a way being able to do that?
1: That's a really good question. Zach, um, I, um, I think in running, I believe in mental skills and mental, um, you know, focus, I believe in that. And that is something I haven't been really great about as a reason, but um, my first time introduction to that was um, uh, by a a lady by the name Cody, who was at our uh, mental health um, coach at Boise State University. And Cody was so amazing at, you know, allowing us to realize that while the physical part of running is very critical and important, the mental is is the driving force and that a lot of times requires meditation the ability to take that little like you know light of focus within the mind and be able to put it on something that is important something that you want to focus on that given time or moment and a lot of times that comes back to the racing right where it's like like you're mentally there and you're engaged and you're not distracted by the outside world or by your problems or things that are happening around in your life Um, The ability to get your attention back to the main focus, uh, which a lot of times is the racing, um, is very important. So, yes, I think in an indirect way, the uh, ability to express um, basically means that you have the ability to, um, you know, be with to be engaged with yourself, to be intact within what's going on in your head which I think eventually benefits the running. So they kind of work together. I don't think directly, I wouldn't say, but the ability to express one's thoughts and, and emotions means that person is actually aware of what's in the mind, meaning they're able to actually focus on what's ahead. They're able to select where their attention can be on, or at least be aware.
0: You went to Boise State and then later on transferred to FSU. so. Can you take me through your experiences at those colleges and how you feel like they helped you develop as a runner?
1: Absolutely, man. I I think all um all the coaches and all the teammates and all the schools I've been to all played part in into my journey. And my journey gets blessed right now. You know, I see it as as a very blessed journey. I um, just you know made my second team for team USA and. Um, I'm part of an amazing team here at NAZ Elite and um, I am, I have a contract with Hoka and it's just like, it can't be any better than this, right? For me at least, especially knowing exactly what lies at, you know, out there, what's out there with the, you know, with athletes that are just trying to make it. And so uh, being there and, and, you know, having that experience now I'm just grateful. And I think everybody played a big part in this, right? It really takes a village. It took, you know, multiple different coaches in high school. And then now we're talking about Boise. Um, That part for me, I went into Boise um, about basically four and a half years of running. And so at that time, you know, I don't think I had a lot of the experiences needed to be competing at a collegiate level. At least uh, it was each time was just kind of like, I was gaining that, you know, I was I was improving. And I think um, that played a huge part. I think the coaches did really good job of building me. I was a very low-mileage guy in high school, building me up to be able to, you know, handle 70, 75 miles a week without any problems. But then I also did have some injuries, um, like, you know, some Achilles tendonitis, some uh, IT band, And I blame majority of those injuries um, on my own uh, self. I feel like i did not do the little things that now i know has to be done right um so my experience at boise was really good one i don't have any problem or anything bad to say about it um but i think it was florida state where i you know fully just invested into running where it felt it's funny because i tell my coach bremen there all the time i used to tell him how when i was transferring it was more for me to get my master's degree paid for. And obviously I would still run and show up and, you know, I wasn't just going to be, it wasn't just going to be a one-way transaction. It will be, you know, both ways as an student athlete, I would still show up, but I started showing up and I was doing the same thing. But, you know, I was, I was healthier. I was able to uh, stay consistent with training. And then eventually here we are now, um, you know, three years later.
0: Going through kind of your cross country progression, I can, read off here there's another instagram post you made about kind of your progression and how it's not linear and you went from in 2017 you were 113th and then the next year you were 188th and then 65th 123rd and then 20th and then you talked about in that post about how success isn't linear which is kind of a big topic so can you kind of touch on that and just how your confidence can stay off of Of course we talked about that before kind of the self-belief and the yeah can you touch on that?
1: yeah no absolutely i i i went to um it's funny because i was just telling you how when i went to florida state i really did not see the running thing continuing at that time at that point it felt to in my head it felt like i was a bit too late to be able to make any um real impact or on my career to uh, be able to get a sponsorship you know and and it, it's it's a it's a cold sport at sometimes you know especially if you're not top five at ncas the odds of you getting uh, you know a contract uh, at least one time in your career if you're not top five the odds of you getting contract right out of college is pretty pretty low um but you know i had ex i went to five different cross-country national championships because of covid i got that fifth year and i was able to compete that fifth year without you know it counting towards the eligibility um and i just you know, I think I'm like one of nine people maybe who have competed at five national uh, NCAA championships cross country, um, which is kind of really cool, you know, number. But it was, it was you know, majority of the time it was like this. My freshman year, true freshman, I was 123rd, I think, or one 113th or something like that, I think. Um, and that year I ran the last 4K of that race with one shoe, you know. And so in a way, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, if I have both my shoes, I, I can be, you know, I can be top 100, you know, and, and top 100 at NCAAs, no matter what year you are in, you know, academically, is a really, I think, a good achievement. Um, but, I, it, it went, you know, over time, we went, you know, just rollercoasting, and I think that, to me, a lot of times was just an example that you don't have to just be going like this and running. Um, for me to finish 20th on my last year, which to me was huge, you know, it was, it was like a, a testimony to, um, that, that summer training, it was a testimony to, uh, saying if I do the little things and I stay healthy, I can actually get better. But that also means if I had one more year, maybe then the following year, I was top 10 or top five, you know? um and that wasn't obviously i did not have that so that also kind of comes in with the time running out you know in your mind you're like oh man this is my last one and so 20th was really good um way to finish but then just this past weekend i was in the you know senior championship for the united states and i was third right um that is you know let's say this is january of you know 2024 um, uh, 2021 so three less than three years later, I was you know top three in the U.S. Championships, which is you know obviously the next level up um, with a lot of guys who are already former NCA champs and all of that. So, it, for me, what got me to that to this point is that self belief. I think the confidence, depending on how the races go, there were races where I went into thinking I am going to destroy the field and 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 was in the very back. Uh, there were races where I went in not fully sure of what I, what's going to come out of it, and then I'm at the front. So I think the self-belief played a huge role in being able to just, just you know, even if it, you come down a little bit, try to, like, aim to go back up to the same level at least and then try to keep elevating. Uh, but I think consistency is the key to all of that. I think if you stay healthy and you just show up each season, show up each year, you just stack those up and you just get better and better. And that's kind of, like, the science part of the running.
0: You mentioned before about moving to Flagstaff with all, all your savings and then how you were working two jobs at one point. Are you, are you working any jobs right now or are you full-time with NAZ?
1: No, I'm not actually working. I think, uh, uh this is, I'm full-time with NAZ. That's, uh, something that I don't, like I said, don't, I don't take for granted and, and I'd rather be bored, um, <laughs> than, um, then tire the mind and the body and not be able to perform at the level I can perform. Now, there's times where I kind of think, oh, like I've been doing a little bit of coaching on the side um, and I haven't, I've never made it public because uh, majority of the people I'm coaching, well, actually everyone I'm coaching so far right now, they don't pay me for it. Um, there's just, this is individuals who I've run into in the past in my, of, you know, my running and and, and individuals that I'm helping out and some of them living in East Africa, most of them actually living in East Africa uh, from Somaliland, you know, from uh, Addis Ababa, uh, from, you know, some from Chibuti. Um And I'm coaching these athletes on the side as kind of like a little bit of a, a little side thing. Um, but no, I don't have I don't have any job and I haven't thought about finding a job either because I also know what it is like to have, you know, something that kind of taxes the mind and the body. Um, So majority of my day revolves around running. I go run, eat, sleep, and laying down. And I'm a big believer of recovery. And part of the biggest recovery for me so far has been being able to lay down, being able to be horizontal and just um, watch shows, uh, talk to my family and friends and um, and then I'm also planning some big life event. Eventually, you'll you'll find out. Hopefully, on social media. But um, aside from that, no, I I don't think I, I don't think I'll find I'll look for any job anytime soon. I think it's it's good where I'm at right now. Um, I'm getting paid decent, but I'm also being able to chase. I'm able to chase my dreams and goals, and I think that's priority at the end. If anything gets in the way of it, then it's not worth it.
0: When you had the jobs, what was the hardest part of having the jobs and also doing such intense training? And then what was kind of the, what were some things that you did to make it easier on yourself with, when having the jobs?
1: Yeah, man, I'll tell you, I think I, I, I truly admire anybody that, especially there's, there's a lot of people I know who are Olympic trials qualifiers who are going to be racing next weekend. Um, I admire anybody that can balance work and running. Um, and I, ju- I, ju- I don't think personally, I don't believe that you can really balance it, balance it. The balance I'm talking about is I don't think you can just run out of your mind and be and be able to stay in a job at a full time unless it's a remote. If it is a remote, it's a bit better for your body and the mind a little bit because you can like lay down on, on your bed while you're working or at least sit down like where you're not just consistently walking around. Um, the hard part for me uh, working was um I ran um obviously I ran when I ran with the Florida State team I was I actually became an assistant to the distance team and so that was my you know it was about a 20 hour job you know job and um that was not hard at all because um I was able to train with the team in the morning so I would just literally you know drive them to practice and then run do my sessions all of that and then once I get back I would be able to go home shower um take a nap, come to, you know, work for a couple hours and then go home and, and coach Bremen was very uh, good and, and, and was really helpful with that. Very supportive in my, obviously my goals. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. But then I kind of, you know, the financial part was getting tight on, on end. And so I decided to take on another job and that other job was actually working with a nonprofit and. They told me I could do remotely for 20, 20 hours with them. And then eventually I would have to move to Portland to work full time in person. And so that's what I eventually do end up doing. Um, but then I would kind of, there was a time where I was doing full time with the nonprofit and then 20 hours or so with Florida State. And uh, the hard part was whenever you're working, um, it's almost like to a degree. Like even though I enjoyed what I was doing, when you know that the people you're competing against are out there somewhere rolling out you know taking naps in the middle of the day at like 1 a 1 p.m or 2 p.m and you're sitting on a you know desk trying to figure all these things out helping the community or which something i really enjoyed still it felt like in my head it felt like not i was missing out it felt like um I really cannot compete against those guys or at least i I, i'm going to be at a disadvantage now i still believed it it wasn't that i didn't believe my ability to compete with them it's just i knew i was at a disadvantage and that is just the truth you know when um when i started moving out to flagstaff um i was all i was doing was i i genuinely was spending 15 to like like 18 hours a day either sleeping napping or just laying in my bed and and that is just kind of like i was just living that life of a monk and and that is something that i personally believed helped me at the u.s championships even though i expected and wanted more out of that race it still kind of showed the you know the full degree some potential that i have um but yeah i i I respect people who who are doing full-time jobs and 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 running i just think um i think you have to have so much love for the sport uh and you have to be so driven to be able to maintain those two things and, and not be able to burn out or not burn out. And, and, you know, especially for very important races.
0: Like you said before, last weekend, you ran the senior U S cross country championship. So can you talk about that race and how you're feeling about the results?
1: Yeah, the race, um, I expected, I went in uh, and, and there is a book called, um, elite mindset, uh, by, um, uh, Stan uh, Beecham, Dr. Stan Beecham um, that I read, um, I got it from my coach Bremen. Um, I read it last spring and, uh, and my favorite part of that book um, was uh, the idea of expectation. And expectation that comes from uh, not only your self-belief but also those little external things you know your teammates encouragements your coaches believing you you're training the numbers and results that you're showing in d- during that you know training and um ever since that race i mean since since i've read that chapter of that book um i just i go into races with expectation and that expectation is just like it's probably most likely the bare minimum of what i would one out of it um my expectation for this last weekend was to make the team that was something that i expected to happen based on what has happened leading up to it months you know ahead um but i also wanted to win i really wanted to win that and and i was so i had mixed feelings 50 50 it was just like ha huh, like I never thought I would have a mixed feeling about being a third of the U S championships and making a U.S. team. Right. But I think that's just the level we are at right now. And, and, and personally, I am, I am, I, I have such a big support system with my team and, and coaches and, 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 and friends and people who believe in me, that is just like, even myself believes increasing tremendously by the day, because I see some of my teammates doing the work they're doing. And it's just like, huh, man, like I, I have to expect greatness here, you know, because of what the things that are happening. Yeah, I you know, we have so many athletes already at the, the trials this next weekend. And then tomorrow night, you will see Olin, uh, Katie, and, and, and Adrian racing in the 5K uh, BU. And um, it's just the expectations high for my team and for myself. And I think I expect the same greatness for them as well. Um, so it's a, it's bigger than just myself.
0: You race, though, World Road, running championships last uh last year in the 5k so what even though that was road running champs and this is cross country is there any experience from a world championship that you're that you got there that you're looking to take into the world cross country championships
1: for sure i think um the cross the world uh, road when when we were doing that i actually had taken two week break um completely off and we got the, the email saying, you have two hours to respond to this uh, opportunity. And obviously, we took it. You never say no to uh, being part of a US team. And um, so, you know, about a month leading up to it, that was just kind of my build up, really. I, I We built very slowly and smart this year as well. So I wasn't fully prepared, I was not sharp. Um, I did one VO2 max session, one little shocker um, the week before the World Champs. But aside from that, you know, uh, we just were not at a place to compete against those guys. Um, but the one experience I gained from it, one, it's really cool to represent the United States at a world stage. That is, that is, That was one of my favorite experiences. And I got to do it with my teammates, Olin and and, and um, Futsum. So that was really also fun. But um, in terms of racing and competition, um, the experience I got from it to a degree is like, I remember we're going through maybe a mile and a half of that 5K. And I still was able to see, you know, I was pretty, not super close, but I I could see the front pack, right? And I'm thinking like, I, I wasn't fully ready when I was coming in here and I wasn't fully fit. So either I'm running really, really fast here, or those guys are just jogging it, you know? Um, but what I eventually realized, yeah, they did close pretty well. And I think the winner was like thirteen on the road, which is just fast. Um, but I I realized nobody's invincible. Um, that is, I think, that is a new ma- mindset in the motor that we're going with. It's like there are people that, you know, in, in our minds, and, then, you know, even sometimes kind of when I look at it from the coaching side, you know, I talk a little bit with some of the athletes, and you can notice when somebody – is not scared of another person, but just believes that they don't belong with that person. Does that make sense to compete against this person like uh, that? Imposter syndrome, which I personally had, especially the first few months of my professional running, where I'm like, if I'm running next to some guy that I know is just front pack runner fast, I'm like, I'm either running really fast or 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 this guy's running really slow today, and and that um, you know mindset has to be changed from that to saying. I belong just as much as this guy and this guy got here and I'm here too. We both here and we both belong. And, and, and so that's some of the things that I tell some of my athletes, but that's also what I tell myself right now. Now, when I go to that cross country race, um, I'm not going to be in the back because, you know, some of those Ugandans or Kenyans are going to be at the front, you know, leading. I do not care. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to get rolling. And it's, we're either going to go out really hard and I'm going to pay the price in some way or we're going to be ready enough to not pay that much of a price, actually get paid. Right. Uh, so I, I think I think that's the one thing I gained from it. And I'm excited to try, uh, try it out on, on cross country. Um, just being able to say, yo, I don't care who you are. I don't care how many uh, gold medals you have. Like, I, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not scared.
0: What was the feeling like when you first got the US kits and all the gear, was it kind of a crazy feeling after all that work and dedication knowing you'd made your first US team?
1: Yeah, man, it was it was surreal. I think uh, the uh, the fact that they were choosing based on obviously where you finished the US championships and a lot of those guys in, in front of me and Olin um, decided to kind of opt it out. And, and so the opportunity came to me and Olin and we both took it obviously um but we got a whole you know suitcase full of clothes you know we had to like fill out the sizes and all of that i wish that they had hoka signs on it so i can like wear it everywhere um because i really it just morally and just in general it doesn't feel right to wear around a nike um swoosh um when i'm not getting paid by nike um <laughs> i hope i hope i don't get in trouble for this but yeah i i love i love um i love being able to have the flag on your chest. It's just like, it brings about, especially me being a, a you know, a, a guy who came here as a refugee kid. Um, I never thought that I would be where I'm at today. And and we're not even that far, but at the same time, it just feels like, what, like, what is this, right? So when I first got it, I was just so excited. I tried all the clothes, man, I tried everything on. And um, eventually I just, majority of them, I gave them away to my family and friends. Um, and I have obviously the jersey left for a reminder and a few other items, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's really an honor always, and it's fun to to get the the, the American flag on your on your chest when um, you're abroad. It just it just feels pretty cool experience.
0: Yeah, to end it off here, a few would you rather's? Would you rather be able to fly or be invisible?
1: Oh, oh, man that's that's really tough. Um Man I always admire I really really admire um the creation of airplanes. Um I think airplanes and Bluetooth to me is the coolest invention by humans ever. Um I do love the flying part, but I feel like if I say I I want I would rather be invisible, people would be like, "Man, this man is sad and he's like <laughs> Um I think I think I'd rather be invisible. I'd rather be nah 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 I'm gonna take it back. I'm gonna go with flying. I think I think I'll fly, man. I think it's just yeah, I I'd rather fly.
0: Yeah, I mean it'd be cool. You get like a bird's eye view and you can skip traffic to like get places faster probably. Oh, so
1: absolutely. Which one would you rather do?
0: I th- I think I'd go with flying as well. I think you got yeah. you got the right answer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you rather go swimming in a pool of maple syrup or in a pool of marshmallows? Maple syrup. Really? Why the maple syrup?
1: I don't like marshmallows, man. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't I don't like marshmallows.
0: Not a s'more guy.
1: As long as the maple syrup is the Canadian one. What is it? Uh the it is the like uh that is like an organic one that I've been getting. Oh man, I love I love maple syrup, but I haven't been, I haven't been eating much of pancakes lately, but, um, what about you? Would you go with marshmallows?
0: I might. I think, I think getting sticky would be kind of tough. Like, I guess if you're in it, it's okay. But when you get out, it'd be kind of bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think both would be, would be a crazy experience, but yeah. It would
1: be, it would be, I, I think I'll go with the, with the, with the syrup.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, man, that's all I've got. I really, uh, really appreciate you talking to me. This was a good one.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate you, man.
0: for tuning into this episode of running in circles if you enjoyed it please share it with a friend or two as it really helps the podcast grow and helps the stories of these incredible runners reach new people also go ahead and drop a follow on the instagram at running and leave a five-star review wherever you're listening i'm your host zach hamilton and i'll see you next time on running in circles